Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. That was a phenomenal response. That was great. Wonderful. We're so glad that you're with us today on this Christmas Sunday morning for this candlelight service as we celebrate the gift of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus. Welcome. Glad you're here. My name is Luke. I'm the lead pastor here. And to all of our members and regular attenders, welcome. So glad you're with us. And then for any guests that are with us as well, we're so glad that you're here. And I know Pastor Ryan mentioned this, but I want to reiterate it. Hopefully you stopped at one of our guest stations and got one of those bags. If you didn't, on your way out, make sure you grab one, okay, because there's some good stuff in there. Guests, we're glad you're with us this morning. So glad uh, that we can be here on this Sunday morning to worship the Lord together. Well, I had the privilege a few weeks ago to share the Christmas story at FaithQuest. FaithQuest is an after-school club that we as a church have a privilege to, uh, to, to put on at Chisholm Elementary School, one of our local uh, public elementary schools. And so a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to share the Christmas story. And before I got to the story itself, I started by quoting some of the lyrics to Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Now, I didn't have to get very far into this before these elementary age students picked up on it and they began to sing the song. Now, you've heard the song before. There's a warning in the song. And the warning is, is that he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Right? There, there's a warning in that. Now, here's what I want you to understand about the one true God. Because when I was there to share with those students, I wasn't there to, to talk with them about Santa Claus. I was there to talk with them about the one true God. I, I was there to tell them the story of, of, of Christmas, the, the story of, of Jesus, God's incredible gift to us. Here's, I know, here's what I know about God. God knows who's naughty, and God knows who's nice. And, and God doesn't find this out. God doesn't have to learn it. He doesn't have to discover it. God just, he knows because he knows everything. He knows everything. He knows everything that it took for you to get here this morning. Like he knows everything going on in your life. He knows everything going on in my life. God knows everything. And you know who's naughty? I am. And you know who else is naughty? You are and as Miss Barbara is saying, everybody, that's right, everybody is naughty. It's the person to your right, it's the person to your left, it's the person behind you, it's the person in front of you, it's everybody, right? We, we, we've all done wrong. Now, the Bible doesn't use the word naughty, the Bible uses the word sin, right? We've all sinned, we've all done wrong. Every last one of us have sinned. In fact, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's every one of us all of us. So when I was there at Chisholm Elementary on that afternoon, it wasn't just that all the children I was talking to were sinners. It was the guy who was sharing the true message of Christmas with them that was a sinner as well. It's not just that everybody sitting in a seat this morning is a sinner. It's also the guy standing on the platform right now is a sinner as well. When I was a kid, I rode the school bus for a period of time. 
And one day on the school bus, I made a very bad decision. How many of you have made a bad decision on a school bus before? How many of you have made a bad decision before? Okay, all right, so we've all done that. Maybe not on a school bus specifically, but you've made a bad decision. Well, I made a bad decision on a school bus. I decided to go underneath the chair in front of me or the seat in front of me, and I tied a little girl's shoelaces together. Now, if there's any children in the room, and I know there are, do not do that because it earned me a trip to the principal's office. Now, I've done a whole lot worse than that. I've done many things that are sinful. You've done worse than that. You've, you've done things that are sinful. So, so what does all of this have to do with, with Christmas? Well, let me share with you the story from Luke's gospel. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. What a story. What, what an incredible story. Not, not a made-up story, but a true story. A true story about a God who loves us so much that, that He sent His Son Jesus into this world. A story about 
a man and a woman, Mary and Joseph, who traveled to Bethlehem, and when they got there, the time arrived for her to give birth, and she gives birth to her son and wraps him in cloths and places him in a, a feeding trough, a manger. And there's a group of shepherds who are out in the field watching their sheep, and an angel shows up and gives them the most incredible news. News that has been repeated over and over and over again for approximately 2,000 years. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's incredible. It's a story that we keep telling over and over again. It's not a made-up story. It's a true story. It's a, it's a story that we cherish, a story that we offer thanks to God for, a true story. So why was Jesus born? Why did God send his son Jesus into the world? Well, Jesus himself said, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus himself said that, that he had come to save the spiritually lost, and, and we are the spiritually lost because of our sin. We are spiritually lost because we've rebelled against God. We've disobeyed God. Every one of us have either thought things or said things or done things. Actually, let me take that back. We've all said, done, and thought things. It's not either. We've done all of it. We've said it. We've, we've, we've thought it. We've, we've done things that are displeasing to God, that are against God's will and God's way. And as a result, we're spiritually lost. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. John's gospel says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The one born in Bethlehem was born not so that we would be condemned, but rather so that we might be saved. God gave us his son Jesus. And why do we need a Savior? Because we've sinned. Because as we established at the outset, we, we've, we've been naughty. We, we've done wrong. And the Bible tells us there's a consequence. The wages of sin is death. Right? What we deserve because of our disobedience, what we deserve because of our sin is, is death. We deserve punishment. We deserve judgment. But Christmas is about a God who loves us, even though we've sinned. Write these songs we sing, the scriptures that we read. Christmas is about a God who loves you and loves me, even though we've sinned. And he gave us his son, Jesus. What did Jesus do to save us? He died for us. You see, the one born in Bethlehem did not stay a baby forever. He grew up, became a man, he, he lived a perfect life. Unlike us, he never sinned. Unlike us, he never did even one thing wrong. And he died on a cross for us, for our sins. He took the punishment that we deserved. He took the judgment that we deserved. He died for us. But that's not the end of the story because Jesus was then buried and then the God who had sent his son Jesus into the world raised his son Jesus 
from the dead. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. And God raised him on the third day. And we celebrate the birth of God's Son. And we remember that Jesus died for us. And we remember that God raised him from the dead. And we remember that Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father in heaven. And we await the day when Jesus is going to come a second time. So what must you do to be saved? The gospel message is simple. The message of the good news of salvation is simple. And it's simple in that it's not like you have to figure it out. It's not like a, a code that you've got to crack or a, or a riddle you have to solve. It's not like that at all. It's not like you have to be good enough it's not like you have to work hard enough. What must I do to be saved? It's as simple as putting my trust in the one who was born in Bethlehem. It's as simple as putting my faith in the one who died on a cross for my sin. It's as simple as as believing in the one whom God raised from the dead, Jesus Christ. Salvation is a gift. It's a gift. What must I do to be saved? Well, the answer is found throughout the New Testament. The answer is found in Acts 16.31. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. The answer is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The answer is found in John chapter 1. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This Christmas morning, if you've never received the greatest of all gifts, if you've never put your faith in, in Jesus Christ, maybe the God of heaven who sent his son Jesus into the world, maybe the God of heaven is opening your eyes right now and is softening your heart and is drawing you to his son Jesus. I, I've heard the Christmas story many, many times. In fact, this is my 15th Christmas at First NSB, and I've probably read from Luke 2 the last 15 years in a row in a candlelight service. And some of you have, have, have known Jesus longer than I've known Jesus. 
there was a time in my life where I had to, by faith, receive the gift of salvation through faith in God's Son, Jesus. If you're a believer in Jesus, there was a, there was a time in your life where you had to respond to, to God's initiating work, where God was drawing you to His Son, Jesus, and you had to put your trust in Jesus. And maybe, maybe, the God of heaven is drawing you to His Son, Jesus, today. Maybe there's someone who's spiritually lost with us this morning. Maybe there's someone here that has never put their trust in Jesus. And today the God of heaven is convicting you of your sin and convincing you that you are a sinner and convincing you that you need a Savior. Maybe the God of heaven is, is convincing you of the fact that Jesus Christ did in fact die for your sins and that Jesus was in fact raised from the dead. If the God of heaven is drawing you to his son Jesus, will you believe? Will you repent of your sin? That is, turn from your rebellion against God and will you receive Jesus? You could simply say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that my sin deserves your judgment. God, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you loved me and I believe you gave your son Jesus and I believe Jesus died on a cross for my sins and I believe you raised him from the dead and right here, right now, God, I pray to you and I ask you to forgive my sin and to save my soul. If you will call upon the name of Jesus this morning, he will save you. Jesus says in John's gospel, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. I am the light of the world. John 1 says that the true light was coming into the world. In John 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. This morning we celebrate that the true light is come. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world, Jesus was making it clear that he was that true light that had come. But Jesus, who said that he was the light of the world, also said to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Followers of Jesus Christ, those who've put their faith in Jesus, are, are the light of the world. And he says to his followers, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. At First NSB, our mission is to make and mature followers of Jesus. And part of making and maturing followers of Jesus is we've got to share the good news of salvation. Right, and, and we share it here when we gather on Sunday mornings. And, and we share it on, on, on Wednesday nights in our, in our Awana ministry. And we share it on Tuesday afternoons at Faith Quest at Chisholm Elementary. We share the good news of salvation. We share the message of Jesus. 
But once we've come to believe in Jesus, it's not the end of our spiritual journey. Because the evidence that we've put our faith in Jesus, the evidence that we've believed in Jesus, the evidence that Jesus has saved us is that we are going to follow Jesus. That we are going to let our light shine. So in just a moment, I'm going to I'm going to light my candle. And then all of our candles are going to be illuminated. And as this worship center is filled with candlelight, I want, you to, I want you to know and I want you to give thanks to God and I want you to celebrate the fact that the true light, Jesus, has come into the world. But as you see that, that candle burning in front of you, if you're a believer in Jesus, I want you to be reminded of the fact that you're the light of the world. And I want us to be encouraged and I want us to be challenged that, that as we leave here in just a little while, that we would leave here and we would be the light of the world. That through our speech and through our actions and the way we live our life, we would give evidence to the fact that we're followers of Jesus. That the watching world would see that we're living our lives for Jesus and that it would all be to the glory of our God in heaven.